Hey, Nick. What, Addie? My dad's name is Gator. Uh. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me as always... As my daughter pointed out at the opening, I'm Gator. She likes to just needle me with that. It's one of her great joys in life. She does. She constantly reminds me, my daddy's name is Gator, and I just have to put up with it because it's frowned upon to, you know, either verbally or physically assault a nine-year-old. That's a valid point. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's when the DCFS gets called. It's true. It is true. It's true. <laughs> so, Nick, dude, I'm just going to say this. I'm so excited for you. This is a big one. This is a big one. This, this is a big one. This is the crown. Well, this may be our crowning I don't want to peak this early. <laughs> I think we did. <laughs> we may have what are we? What are we, five in, six, six in? This no. is six. We may have just peaked at six. I, I think it's all downhill from here. But, folks, Nick has got a treat for you. I've never seen this guy jonesing this hard over anything. Seriously. I mean, other than a plate of chicken parm. I love chicken parm. I know you do. I was actually just talking to somebody in the uh, Barrel Burners message board about chicken parm and some of the best places in St. Louis to get some. The Hill, baby. It's all about the Hill. This episode, we have an interview with Nick Perdomo himself. We uh, His I, holiness. As I said in the last episode... You know, I, I sent a message through Instagram to his people, just kind of asking, you know, hey, does he do interviews for podcasts? They sent me uh, a response back saying, just email him. And so I did. And within an hour, he called and we set it up. And did you explain to him during the interview that's upcoming here? Did you explain to him how we established the Church of the Holy Perdomo? No, I kept it straight, Jeff. I, I didn't want I was I was I a didn't little worried scare the guy a like a little worried right you're going to go all fanboy on him and run him off. I mean, I hope I didn't go super I mean, I did go fanboy at least once or twice, but I didn't <laughs> but I didn't go like did, that fanboy. Did you have your shrine going with the torches instead of candles? No. That no. would have been something. It would have been. Yeah. That yeah. would have been weird. Just, Just straight a little up bit. weird. Yeah. But so. Folks, we're going to have an interview coming up here with His Holiness himself. I'm so excited. <laughs> He's going to hate us calling him His Holiness. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Holy Church of the Perdomo. You know, it's and really that's where, as we said in the last podcast. It's true. I, we joke about how we're going to light up the, the Holy Perdomo and uh, have the stick. And that is where like that. the cigar pulpit that's actually originated. where it all came from was, you know, joking about... A church dedicated to cigars, and for whatever reason, mo- oh, I know why. It's because I'm constantly smoking the cigar that we're going to have today. Um, we uh, we called it the the Holy Perdomo, and it just kind of took off from there. And so Nick named Nick Junior as the Pope. So why don't you tell us about the cigar that we are about to uh, partake in? Well, Jeff, we are getting ready to have my favorite cigar. We are getting ready to light up the Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Champagne. This is the Super Toro size, so this is a 6x60. The wrapper is a USA Connecticut shade. The binder and filler are both Nicaraguan. And as I've said before, the little app that I use, it says that it has a strength of medium. I think the, the strength levels on this thing are a little off. I tend to think... Maybe more in the mild to medium, but probably slightly more on the mild. It's just, it's a really great cigar. It's really creamy, and it just has a fantastic flavor to it. And I just, 
I, I love it. I, I burned through so many of these cigars. You, you've got to tell me that during the interview that we're about to hear, you at least ask him about this specific cigar. Oh, I definitely do. Okay, good. I, I, mean, I there didn't was, know how you could go without no it. There was no way I was going to get the man himself on the phone and not ask him about a cigar that I buy by the box and constantly by the, by now, the box. Now, one of my favorite Perdomos is actually the uh, Lot 23. Did that? Did you guys talk about that at all? Briefly. He did oh, bring good. that up as well, so we'll touch I on didn't, that. I so. did not even prompt you to bring that up, so yeah, I'm impressed. Well, I, in all fairness, I did not. He brought it up and when we were talking about his, uh, his brands and that sort for, of thing. For but. the money, I don't think the Perdomo Lot 23 can be beaten. Here's the thing. And I'm going to say this, and so people are going to, you know, think I'm just fanboying here for a minute. I was, I, I put up a picture the other day on my Instagram where I was smoking the uh, the double-aged 12-year um, Connecticut. And somebody commented and said, hey, enjoy that cigar. And I responded back and said, I don't think I've never not enjoyed a Perdomo. And I think that's true. I, I Find me a Perdomo, and I'm, I'm set. When I went to Shelley's back room in uh, Washington D.C., it's a little cigar, you know. Oh, lounge okay. I wondered what kind of business you were. It's a fantastic place. You'd love it. And so you go in. They've got food, drinks, and everything like that. But they have a menu of all the cigars they have available. So you pick it out based Ooh, off the menu, and it's fancy. That's classy. And so um, I was relatively new in the cigars. I, I wasn't. I hadn't been smoking for too terribly long. Who, who and, got you started uh, on these? You did. Yes. Anyway. I just want to point that out. So I hadn't been smoking for too terribly long, and it was one of those things where I wanted to go to this place. I thought it was just a normal lounge. Then this woman, you know, the, the waitress, this woman just presents me with this menu, and I'm expected to know what all this stuff is, and I have no clue on earth. I mean, I'm sitting there, and I mean, I had, I had no clue on earth what I was doing, but I saw the name Perdomo, and I remembered that from... The champagne super toros that I liked, that I'd found recently that I liked. And so I went ahead and got that. And what it actually ended up being was the, um, the uh, noir version of, of the champagne super toro, hmm. which is a bit darker. It's, um, and the reason for that is it has a wrapper that's a Nicaraguan Maduro. Oh, okay. So it, it's, it's a darker. And it's a more full-bodied, you know, version of this cigar. And I had that, and, I mean, that was an amazing you were experience. Hooked. I mean, I would, I, I prefer the Connecticut version, but I'm all day, I'll, I'll take, a, take a Maduro version. Well, you know me, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Connecticut wrapper. Yeah. So um, I'm looking forward to this cigar today. Well, that's great. So. Especially since Nick bought it and it's free. I mean, it came out of the box. That I bought. Exactly. So, you know, I got a good deal. I'm Jones, and we're going to go ahead and cut the cigar and get it I got to get mine out of the uh, cellophane. He's going to rip up the cellophane like a savage. I just want people to know it's fresh. I think there's a certain level of professionalism that you have to have, which is expected that you have it out of the cellophane beforehand. Or at the very least, don't put it right up next to the microphone as you're doing that. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, I, just, I know. It triggers you so bad. I know it does. I know. So we're going to cut this cigar. What are you getting on the cold? Well, you don't have a cold I, I draw yet. I haven't cut yet because I have to oh, borrow yours. Oh, that's right. Yours. You have to borrow my cutter. I left mine in my Jeep. And you just put it in your mouth. What? You did. I oh, saw there's a you. Tooth mark. I literally just saw you put it in your mouth. Give me the $4 cutter. I am going to give you the $4 cutter because, man, that's, <laughs> that's filthy.
Trust me, if there's one thing I don't know, folks, it's where his mouth has been. Well, Nick. Well, I know some places, but anyway. <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah, well, that, that is not podcast appropriate. <laughs> That's not appropriate in any way. <laughs> All right, so, folks, we are going to cut. Ooh, look at that beautiful cap cigar. I got off of there. Yeah. I know, right? That's awesome. So. Okay, I'm going for the cold draw. Ooh, it's got a good flavor even on the cold draw. Right? It really does. It's that creaminess. Yeah. I like that. So, which is funny because the uh, previous cigar we smoked, I didn't get any flavor at all off the cold draw. Yeah, on, on the uh, previous podcast. Well, like I said, that the that would be the uh, my father La Promesa. Great cigar, by the way, but it no was no flavor at all. On not the cold a draw. strong one. The most I got out of that was, like I said, just kind of a leathery kind of thing to it. Well, that's good. Just by just without even lighting it up. Here we go. He does have his own torch, though, folks. So that's nice. I left my Zippo. In the Jeep, because I didn't want to embarrass him in front of the great one. <laughs> well, it's not like he's out here on your porch with you or anything like that. True. This is very true. Although that would have been great. Well, next time. Mm-hmm. He can come up, stay in your guest room. You I'll can take him around, show him St. Louis. I would say I'll kick my three-year-old out of his bedroom. He can have that. Just be like, hey, Max. Uh, hey, buddy. We have a guest. I need your room. I think he would comply. I mean, I would hope. You know what you could do? What's that? You could take him to the city museum. Why Why would Nick Perdomo want to go to the city museum? Who doesn't want to go to the city museum in St. Louis? Or, did you get some sort of sponsorship out of the city museum I'm not aware of? Why are we talking about the city museum? We need to move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. I, I don't... I, all right. Have you been there, though? It's I mean, I, it's incredible. It's a play. It is incredible. It really is. It, it's for kids of every age. Well, it's for kids of every age to kill themselves because... It, all right, folks. The City Museum is not a typical museum. The City Museum is actually, if you think about it, almost like a, like a fun house kind of thing where you can climb all over everything and, and there's slides and, and a ball pit and all kinds of stuff like that, but... It's all made from materials from around the city. So, like, think like a maybe like a jungle gym that's three stories high, made of like polished rebar or something like that. I mean, I'm really not exactly. I'm not mistaken. There's it's, actually a school bus on the roof. There is, and uh, it's 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 an interesting place. I mean, they've got tons of cool stuff, but. Every time I go there, I always feel like either I'm going to get stuck in something or I'm going to kill myself on something. So. I haven't been in a long time. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, the botanical gardens, you could take him there. It's delightful. See, they're there. The, for the drinking game, I threw one out. Are you just like, did you get hired by the St. Louis Tourism Bureau? We need to move on. Okay. Anyway. Well, with that said, folks, I think we're just going to go ahead and dive right into the interview. So, without further ado, Nick Perdomo, Jr. We are here with Nick Perdomo, Jr. He is the head of Perdomo Cigars. And we really want to uh, thank you for taking some time out to talk to us today. My pleasure, Nick. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks. So it's 1992. Your wife is pregnant with your son. You've got what I assume is a good, stable job as an air traffic controller. What made you decide to start a cigar company out of your garage? Well, it was the passion I had because it's all I saw when I was when I was a kid. You got to remember, my father ran H. Upman, my grandfather ran the Partagas factory, my grandfather's brother was a minister of tobacco in Cuba for 43 years. And when I just got married, I wanted to supplement my income. And my father said, you live in the greatest country in the world. If you work hard, you can attain anything you want. 
So I started out in my garage meagerly when I told my dad, he said, well, this is crazy. At the time, Clinton was the president. You know, he was taxing a lot and regulating a lot. And he said, it's going to be tough and and so on and so on. And I told him, I said, well, I got to remind you, you told me I live in the greatest country in the world. If I work hard, I can obtain anything I want. So my first year was very meager. I started out, I sold 9,460 cigars. We made every single cigar out of my garage. And, um, it was through a lot of hard work and my wife who was real supportive with, with my son, Nicholas, you know, on the way there. And then, uh, at the end of 1994, I, I, you know, things progressed. I worked very hard. I was, uh, working in my business 10 hours a day, seven days a week. I never took a day off for 17 years outside of Christmas and New Year's day. And, um, just like, just like a lot of business people have done, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and what happened was I, uh, I called my dad in 94. I had a, I had a, a factory in, in off Flagler Street in Miami, and I had a factory off 22nd Street in Ybor City. And I called my dad, and I said, Dad, I sold a million cigars this year. And he said, well, maybe you're not so much of a moron, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, in the latter part of 94, my dad was retired, and he asked if he could come on board, and who better than, not only was my dad a great businessman, but he was also a great leader, and uh, he was very instrumental and us moving to Testily in August of 95. So, um, you know, you, you, you fast forward all that today. Uh, we have over, we have close to 5,000 employees. I think we're top four or five cigar manufacturers in the world in sales and size. And, uh, my dad was right. He passed away, unfortunately in, in 2004, but he was very instrumental and very helpful. And, uh, he was right. If you work hard, you can attain anything you want. So I was blessed, and I have a lot of great people to work for me. My greatest asset of my business is certainly not me. It's it's our workforce, who on average has been with the company for 18.3 years. So I'm fast-forwarding this. So, so things, things have been great. We've been very blessed. No, that's great. Well, and like you said, I've, I've looked into it a little bit. You're do, you're, you guys are doing very well this year. You've opened two new facilities in Nicaragua. Can you tell me a little bit more more about the growth that you've experienced this year? Yeah, we opened up two two smaller facilities in the middle of town, and the reason we did it, we're on the north end of town, and because of the we have no unemployment in Esteli, what I did is I decided that uh, we were going to bring things closer to the to the to the workers. I mean, they literally want to fall out of their porches and go into cigar factories because there's so many cigar factories that have opened up. Mind you, and when I first got there in '95, there was uh, really two cigar factories, and today there's like 85 of them in a five in a five square mile town, and um, so it you know become it becomes very competitive when you when you have all these little what do they call Buckeye factories where you have all these little tiny factories working, and um, so we we moved two facilities right one to the south of the city, one smack in the middle of the city. And uh, basically, those facilities are used for 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 uh, making cigars that we can continue building stock in. Because what had happened was our sales have grown exponentially in the last ten years, and I've always kept a tremendous inventory of finished product. And uh, our CFO said, "Look, Nick, at the at the rate that we're growing, if we continue selling the cigars like we're selling, and you want to keep them in aging rooms for six months, you're going to be out of stock of finished cigars by 2022." And we have plenty of plenty of tobacco but finished cigars you're going to be you're going to be down of so we decided to do that and one of the facilities makes 15,000 cigars and the other one makes you know 12,500 cigars but you know you got almost 27 28,000 cigars a day so 
that that helps us quite a bit to be able to build back stock and continue aging cigars and it's done the Perdomo way with the same quality of our other facilities we just uh we have different supervisors that have worked for us and our main facility that have gone to these two smaller facilities they're only a mile away from from our facility right now okay well yeah we definitely don't want you guys running out anytime soon so no i don't yeah. either no 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 so along those lines what challenges do you see facing your company in the upcoming years our biggest challenge is always, unfortunately, has been with our government. You know, mm-hmm. uh, prior to President Trump, the last eight years were very draconian with a lot of regulations and taxes, and us being put under the FDA. And you know, I'm into it because I'm on the I'm on the board of the Cigar Association of America, and I've been a founding member of the Cigar Rights of America, and I've been in the business for for a long time. And and uh, you know, it's 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 very punishing when you're when your government's your your biggest competitor. But we're hoping with this new administration, regulation gets cut down, and that we're not clumped into the to the cigarette industry because we're a totally different totally different type of business. And uh, we really want to protect our consumers, our retailers, and and us. So uh, we're working hard doing that. But it makes it a lot less fun than it used to be. And finally, regarding your company, and then I want to touch on your cigars for a little while. Um, your son Nicholas III has become more and more involved in the company. What's that been like as a as a father to watch? It's been great. You know, my son is very uh, very knowledgeable. He spent twelve summers in Nicaragua, and I've always wanted my children to blaze their own path. My daughter's going to be an attorney, and what I wanted to do was I I wanted my son, like I said, not only to blaze his own path, but to do whatever he wanted. But he's always wanted to be in the industry, and when he graduated from the University of Miami two years ago, he he said, Dad, I want to come work for the company. And I'm the type that, you know, you got to walk the walk before you can talk to talk. Yeah. And uh, he's done every single step that he needed to do to be an asset to our company. He's very driven, and I don't know if you ever met my son, but he's uh, he's got the, he's like a 45-year-old guy that's 26 years old. He's uh, very diligent. I'm really proud of him. And probably the hardest thing in the world is having to be Nick Perdomo's son. <laughs> so, um, you know, you you run them over the coals. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't promote people because they have your same last name. You promote them because of excellence. And he's done a phenomenal job. He was named director of sales January of this year. We didn't put a press release till five months later because that's the way I wanted to do it. And, uh, we had five record-breaking months under his leadership under our sales department, and uh, he's very well-respected in the cigar community because most people know him. He's been at the trade show for years and years and years. Yeah. Um, and everybody knows him, and uh, I'm, I'm really proud of him. He's come up with some vertical displays that have been very profitable for the company, and he's also um, he's led our team in the right way. He's split territories. He's added sales guys, and done some different stuff that I don't know that I would have done. And uh, he's a heck of a lot more advanced than I was when I started in the industry when I was his age, exactly, at 26. So uh, my wife and I are very proud of him. I know Arthur Kemper, our vice president, is. And, uh, hey, the numbers are the numbers, and he's doing the job. Fantastic. Now let's move on to your cigars for a little bit. So if you were introducing your company to a new consumer, what would you highlight? Well, the first thing I would highlight is our quality. And one of the things that that I'm very picky about is quality. So, you know, for example, I like clothing. And there's certain brands that I buy because I know they work and I know the quality of those of those brands. And that's exactly what I want 
for our cigars. And um, I just think it takes 10 years to get a customer, three seconds to lose one. And quality is everything for us. That's why we're completely vertically integrated. We draw a test, you know, over 60,000 cigars a day, every single one. I've never had and, a bad draw uh, off of one of your cigars. Well, thank you. And I, I, I really don't want it. You know, we sold in excess of 16 million cigars last year, and we had four complaints. And all the complaints come to one department. It comes to me. And um, I think that those are pretty, pretty darn good odds. I mean, it's less than 900 tenths of 1%. And uh, we're just very diligent. You know, you got to remember it's a man-made, you know, it's done by hands done by you know by human beings but we really try to close the gap and try to satisfy our consumers and you know in this stage of my career nick the only thing i'm interested in is producing like i've always been but really right now it's like i told my son just recently i said look the only thing that we have to do is produce the very best product that god will let us produce and be consistent and the greatest comp i ever got was uh just recently from a gentleman named Jonathan, who's the manager of Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And he said, you know, Nick, I can always bring everybody to the Perdomo case because I know the cigars are always going to be consistent in flavor and blend regardless of the cigar that you make. The cigars are always going to draw and burn perfectly, and your price points are out of sight. And to me, that's the best compliment any retailer can give me. And the same thing with the consumer saying, you know, they've never had a bad draw. The cigars are always consistent. I've been smoking your cigars for so many years. I, I smoke this particular Perdomo cigar, and it's always spot on every time. And to me, that's what I work for today. I work for my my family, and I work to, to satisfy our consumers and our retailers worldwide. As I told you, my personal favorite, and I mean, this is my straight-up go-to cigar. I have more of them than any other cigar in my, my smoking history is the uh, Reserve 10th Anniversary Champagne, the Super Toro size. Can you just indulge me for a moment and just kind of get into maybe what the genesis of that, that Champagne project line was? Yeah, that was a line that we came out with 17 years ago, and it's been the workhorse for our company. It's our number one seller. We sold, just in the United States, over 6 million cigars, so it's, it's a powerhouse in the U.S., mm-hmm. And I'm glad you enjoy the cigar. One of the things that I always stayed away was was with Connecticut Shade wrappers. We bought them consistently through the early 90s, but I always keep them in back stock. I always worked with Sumatra seed wrappers from Ecuador. And then what had happened was, um, you know, I was always afraid about blue mold and different viruses because back in those times in the 90s, if you had those viruses, you'd, you'd, you'd be you'd be ravished. It's not like today where we have the technology and the different types of of uh, fungicides and stuff that we can protect ourselves on our farms. And so I would buy this tobacco and I always find it bitter, you know, and I never, I never wanted to use it. And then uh, 18 years ago, we came out with a brand called Cuban Parejo. And my father said, what are we going to do with all this Connecticut shade wrapper? And uh, to make a long story short, we had enough to make about 5 million cigars. I had tons of Connecticut shade wrapper wow. that I'd, that I had bought, that, that I had purchased. And uh, he said, the colors are not yellow anymore. They're kind of like a honey butterscotch color. I said, why don't you make some cigars and smoke them and see what, what you think. So between him, Sarah, and Aristides Garcia, who's part of our test team, tasting team, they came back and said, the cigars are creamy. They really work well with Nicaraguan uh, tobacco. And I go, you got to be kidding me. So um, I made a call down to General Cigar years ago and talked to Daniel Nunez, and I said, you know, I really dislike Connecticut wrapped cigars. But my dad had told me this story, blah, blah, blah. And he says, you're blessed, man. You have super-aged tobacco. What do we do with Connecticut because it's so expensive? We we bring it down from the curing houses, and because it burns, we use it. So it's 
any tobacco is bitter if it's raw, and you're lucky that you've had these tobaccos in bulks for years and years and years, and what's going to happen is you're going to have a really smooth, creamy cigar. And my dad, when he was smoking, he said, man, this tobacco is so good. It's it's kind of like the champagne of cigars, the way I taste this thing. And hence, that's how we came out with the name Perdomo Reserve Champagne, and it's uh, it's been a monster for us. And when people smoke our Connecticut wrapped cigars because we use Connecticut and every brand has a sun-grown and Maduro. So you got three different flavors depending on, on, on the particular blend that you like. So you stay consistent into the, into the umbrella Perdomo or in the brand. Um, what we found out is, and like any tobacco, you have to ferment it, you have to cure it, and you really have to age it. And that's what we do with Connecticut. Everything I buy from Ecuador right now I put it away. I store it for three to four years because I have a tremendous amount of inventory in Connecticut. And what that does, it keeps consistency in the brand. A lot of my competitors say, oh, that's crazy. It burns. Uh, you're losing a lot of weight. I don't look at it that way. I look at the mathematics. The 120-pound bale's got 25,000 leaves. It's going to make me 25,000 cigars. Mm-hmm. If they're great, I'm going to have a happy customer. If I put raw tobacco in there and it's bitter, I'm going to lose that customer. And the amount of shrinkage I lose is pennies on a dollar, and you amortize that between 25,000 cigars. So the mathematical principle is what I use, and I look at satisfaction with, with our consumers, and that's worked very well for us in the last 28 years. Well, I, I love them. So keep doing what you're doing. That's all I ask. Thank you. So, yeah. Thank you. So what do you have uh, new or anything coming up that folks should be aware of or watching for? Do you have anything coming well, up? With, 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 with the new FDA regulations that we were handed to us two and a half years ago, it's hard to come up with something new. You have to come out with grandfathered product. Yeah. So, and I've never been one to come out with so many new things. Maybe I'm not smart enough, Nick, but the thing about me is when I come out with a brand, I have to forecast these tobaccos, test them for flavor consistency and burn ratio, and figure out what our consumers are looking for, whether it be size or blend. I do know that our consumers are looking for more and more flavor, and because we're in Nicaragua, we can provide that. So what we did is we have a new cigar that's coming out next month. It's our our estate selection vintage box press. Really happy with that. It's kind of limited. We're only going to make a million pieces. We have about 133 stores in the country that are going to have them. We only have 30 stores in Europe that will be carrying them. The product is going to be sold out here pretty soon. And we're really happy about that. We have some packaging changes with uh, Lot 23. We've had that brand for 18 years, and uh, I wanted to spice up the packaging. Uh, Anytime you come up with new packaging, people think, oh, you change the cigars. Believe me, a good cigar maker who makes cigars does not want to change a blend when things are right. So we have tremendous inventories of stock for that particular cigar. We did not change the blend. We're just making it prettier. We're not increasing the price of it or nothing. We just wanted to put a little more hologram and a little thing that would bring more attention to it. We think the packaging was a little long in the tooth. I'm a kind of a believer. I don't like to throw things against the wall and see if they stick. Most cigar brands last two or three years and that's it. I'm really happy that, you know, nine of my brands have been out 15 years and, and over. And, and that's the consistency that the, that the consumer deserves. I, you know, I would never want to buy a new model car and keep buying a new model car. I just don't understand why people want to say, what's new. Why don't they try what's consistent and what's great what's and good. what, and yeah, what's works. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm hoping that mindset changes a little bit, you know? Yeah. So one thing to touch on, I guess, um, I, you, you briefly brought up, Jonathan, and I assume that would be Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority. 
Yes, that's um, him. He's great. Yeah, so I listened to the Cigar Authority, and I just was listening to Saturday's episode last night, and it was announced that your company is going to be making the Firecracker for Two Guys Cigars in 2020. Yes, and we're yeah. really proud of that because uh, Dave is not only a, a, a dear friend of mine, we've been doing business together for for a lot of years, but um, um, it was an honor for me. He's been asking me to do it, and uh, and we're going to do it for, for the next calendar year. We're excited. We're actually going to be making the cigars now. I actually want to age them for a year. I want it to be the best it can possibly be, and... Uh, you know, he thinks he'll sell out the production in one day. He does a great job at that. So we're very excited about doing it. And uh, matter of fact, it, it's it's kind of funny you say that. I'm actually smoking one right now of of, of, the, of the blend that we're making for him. And that's what I'm smoking. It's a short cigar, but it's a little powerhouse. And it, it comes from the 20th anniversary blend. So that's been a big home run for us. So we think our consumers are going to be really, really satisfied with the new firecracker that we're making for two guys. Fantastic. I had one listener question come in. Um, he was asking if uh, you were planning on doing anything with any Cameroon blends. That's a fantastic question, and we are. We just started working with the Marifel family again. Rick Marifel, who's a dear friend of mine and the best Cameroon, Cameroon producer, unfortunately, died in the uh, in the early 2000s. He was a, one of my best friends, and uh, his sons have taken over the business, and uh, we're working with that right now we're going to come out with the Perdomo Reserve Cameroon which was a huge hit for us in the latter part of the 90s and early 2000s prior to Rick passing away and then Cameroon really passing away and I'm a big Cameroon fan and uh, we've been working on samples and working on the blend and we've been very happy with it and uh, there's two different uh, grades that I want and they're basically sizes but they're number ones or what we would call the best of the best and because the cigars are 54 ring gauge and Cameroon tobacco is usually small, we needed them to grow for us large leaves that are in higher primings, which means they have more sun exposure, more thickness. It, it, it helps in the flavor. And um, they've been growing that for us, and they're supposed to be sending me two hands by DHL. I'm supposed to receive them today at 4.30, and uh, Nelson Cuba, our head of operations, is flying down Esteli on, on Saturday, and uh, we're going to be making um, 50 samples of each size, and we're going to zero down on this thing, and we hope to have this out in the next 8 to 10 months for our consumers and our retailers. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I'm sure he'll be happy to hear that. So finally, I have one last question. What is one piece of advice you'd give yourself starting out in 1992? If I had to do it over again? Yeah, well, if if you right now could walk up to, to your garage and, and, you know, introduce yourself to, to, to the 1992 version of Nick Perdomo Jr., what, what would you tell yourself? Don't listen to other people outside of your family sometimes because people want to kick dirt in your face when you, when you, you, know, when you start very humbly. Um, you know, don't listen to others. Always stay positive and uh, learn the principles of accounting when you start a business and um, and if you work really hard and you, you got to be halfway crazy to, to, to start a business because you, you got to be re- really willing to put in the hours. And, and I was really driven to do that. And I had a great example from my father. He came from Cuba with the shirt off pretty much with just a shirt on his back. And he was a great example to me. He worked three jobs when I was a kid. He always made sure we had food on the table and I, you know, I've been working since I was 13 years old, and a lot of that had to do with 
seeing my mom and dad, how hard they worked to, to, to raise my brother and I. And uh, you just got to be willing to put in, you know, 80, 90 hours a week and work hard and uh, and do your craft. And you, you really got to have a passion for it. And I, I think that's what I would, would tell tell myself if I was outside and walking into my garage. But I think I did most of that. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Mr. Perdomo, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate this. this. This was fantastic. Nick, thank you, and thanks to all the listeners out there, and I appreciate you talking to me. Yeah, thanks a lot. You have a good one. Okay, you all too. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. Nick, let me just say, that was an outstanding interview. I'm really impressed. Well, thank you. It. Uh, I mean, it hit. it hit a lot of highlights. It hit... You know, it talked about, you know, growing up and, you know, how he got started in the business. I'm, I'm very impressed with the information you were able to get. Well, no, I was happy with how much time he gave. And I really want to thank Mr. Perdomo for giving over 20 minutes of his time today. I mean, I don't know if you guys could hear in the background, but he was in his office. So there's office phones going off everywhere. And I know he had plenty of other more important things to be doing than, than sitting and talking to me. But, you know, he gave... Uh, a good amount of time and to be honest I got the impression that had I had more questions for him he probably would have been willing to go even longer but quite frankly I wanted to keep it at about 20 minutes if if that was possible and if he had less time than that then I would have been appreciative of that well if we don't scare him and his folks away with our tomfoolery we may have a part two possibly you never know I would love that uh that's all entirely up to him I will say I completely understand now, after uh, having smoked this and just sitting here enjoying this cigar, why you like it as have much as you Have you not had one of these? For uh, all of the ones that I've smoked, have you not had one of these? I don't think I've had a 10th anniversary. Really? Like I said, I smoked a lot, 23 a lot. I like yeah. Perdomo cigars. Yeah. But uh, this is a good smoke. It is. If, folks, if you haven't tried it, uh, I know Nick mentioned that it's creamy earlier, and I know that was talked about a little bit in the interview. Yeah. It truly is. It they're, is. They're not just saying that. This is a creamy, smooth cigar. I would not put this in a medium either. This is a good, for me, this is a good mild cigar. It's this a, is. It's a solid mild to maybe at best a very, very low medium, but. Well, this is in my wheelhouse for the yeah. type of cigar that I enjoy. Yeah. So, no, I, I'm telling you, this is my go-to stick. If, I, if, if somebody says, you're stranded on a desert island for the rest of your life, and the only th- that you can only have one cigar for the rest of your life, or one type. I mean, God, I'd hope it wouldn't just be one. But you know what I mean. One type of cigar, you got to pick. You can only smoke one type of cigar for the rest of your life. Without a doubt, no hesitation whatsoever, it's the Perdomo 10th Anniversary Reserve uh, Champagne Super Toro. During the interview, while we were listening to it, and again, you know, my, my kudos here. I mean, it's it's a good interview, and it gave you a ton of good information. All I could think about was him coming to stay at your house, and... <laughs> He's not coming to stay at my house. Well, okay, so we talked about, you know, not only the Shaw's Garden, the Botanical Gardens, and the City Museum. You really should think about taking him to the new aquarium. I really want to know how much we're getting from the St. Louis Tourism Bureau for the sponsorship here. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. You're holding out on me. Let's put it this way. I don't think we're getting anything. You're holding out on me. <laughs> Jerk. Last episode, I said this whole, anything's up for sponsorship. And all of a sudden, now it's all about the St. Louis area and all the different things. So I'm like, just wondering, like, when are you going to start trotting out, like, Grant's Farm? Oh, my and the, God. You know, the art museum. We could take him to Grant's Farm. I mean, 
Do they still give away beer at Grant's Farm? God, I hope. Well, I know back when AB owned it. I remember the time they raffled off one of the Clydesdales. I don't think that's accurate. Oh, I may have just bought a ticket for something that didn't exist. <laughs> Some guy in the parking lot sold you a little receipt. It's written on the back. It's a little one. red ticket. You know, good for one Clydesdale. He <laughs> tore it apart and kept the other half. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. there you go. So. You know, six flags. Six flags over Mid America right. is a lot of fun. All right, all right, all right. This is not the St. Louis Tourism Hour here. So. <laughs> well, or is it? I mean, evidently it must be. So No, this, this Nick, is an outstanding cigar. I love it. I absolutely love it. When is he coming to stay at the house? He's not coming to stay at my house. Oh, I thought you would. I thought that. And I'll was... be honest. I, and you know, going to a more serious point, I don't know. You know, if and when he is coming to the to the Midwest. I mean, this is, you know, in, in all fairness, and I'm not ragging on anybody at all, but um, the the Midwest, we do kind of tend to get fewer guests. In, well, in this area, and, and that know, makes complete sense because we're not in population centers. Well, and that's the thing we're not we're not a giant population center. You know, we're we're scattered around. Um, I would imagine Chicago probably pulls in more of these kind of guests than we, you know, the St. Louis area and everything. But that's why you know when guys do come into the area, uh, it's very appreciated, and that's why also you know I was so appreciative of Mr. Perdomo giving his time. By phone, because, you know, hey, it, it's an opportunity for, for me as a guy in the St. Louis area to talk to him when my next best opportunity is to go to an event in, you know, New Hampshire or Boston or something like that. Vegas I mean, you know, or Miami. Like, yeah, it's like, I, I mean, unless I want to travel, I, I can't necessarily have that face-to-face time. You know, some of the guys that I talk to on the, on the you know, internet and whatnot, they're, they're Talking about how like oh yeah you know we've bumped into him at this cigar shop or that cigar shop and but they live in South Florida and so it makes sense and I think oh know, absolutely and, and that would be amazing to just be hanging in the shop and all of a sudden you know here comes either you know Nick Perdomo or or one of the other you know company owners coming in just kind of asking hey what do you think of my cigars and everything like that but you know we tend to not get that as much around here so that's why when when we either have a guest come into the area. I know a lot of the cigar smokers at uh, the lounges that we visit and everything else, you know, they, they make it a point to come out and support those events. Not necessarily, in some cases, not even necessarily because they actually like the cigars. I mean, I know I can think of at least one guy that came to one recent event and he wasn't even a fan of, you know, the featured cigar and the featured cigars, you know, company. It just wasn't, not for any reason other than the fact that it just wasn't his flavor, but he came out and he supported the event strictly because it's just so important for these guys to see, yeah, you know what, if I come to St. Louis, I can fill a room and I can, you know, sell some product and, and make some money and, and do all right. So Absolutely. And, and again, um, you know, we can't thank him enough for coming on the uh, podcast with us because God knows he's a busy guy with all of the cigar well, lines yeah, and I the mean, factories and... For for him to take well, ten or fifteen minutes and sit down and, and one talk thing to we you didn't really amazing. get into is just how vertically integrated his company is. I mean, he goes the whole the whole system is his for the most part. I mean, I think I think with the exception of the Connecticut, I think he pretty much grows all of his own tobacco. So oh, wow. you know, it's one of those things where you know when you're smoking a Perdomo cigar, it's going from seed to shelf entirely through his system, 
and it's not it, you know he makes his own boxes they they don't they don't contract out and have somebody else make the boxes and everything and it's so that um he can try and keep the price down and keep the cigars affordable and everything which is the other thing i appreciate because you know this this cigar that we're smoking right now depending upon where you're buying it, it averages between you know 750 and $9 depending upon where you're getting it. This is a good-sized cigar and a great smoke for under a $10 price point. Exactly. So That's amazing. I mean, it's one of those things that I'm impressed with how he hasn't just put together a cigar company. He's put together an entire infrastructure to, to, to make this happen. Well, and, you know, like I said, this is one of those things where getting to listen, you know, and, and obviously I'm involved with the podcast, but... Oddly enough, I sit and listen to every one of the podcasts after we put them out, and I laugh at our ignorance. <laughs> it, it just amazes me. And I'm thinking, well, I can't believe anyone else is listening to it. And and people are. I mean, it's gaining a following. What you've put together here is absolutely amazing, and I applaud you for that. But it, it gives me an opportunity. Well, your ignorance is a key component, Jeff. <sighs> I've, I've heard that a lot in my life. <laughs> Not necessarily to good things, but a key component to a lot of things. So, but that being said, um, you know, to be able to sit and listen to somebody talk about their own product like that and to talk about the work ethic and what it took to put the company together inspires me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, I'm a small business owner like you are, Nick. Yeah. And to me, even, even beyond the cigar realm, it was inspiring to listen to him talk. Well, and he's talking about how his, his average workforce or, or the average number of years that, that his workers have been there is over 18 years. I mean, that's, that's unreal. It is. That's that's an unreal. It's a number. testament to what they're doing. Well, precisely. I mean, it shows that they're happy with their job. They're happy with their employer, and they're they're going to stick around and work. I mean, you know, find me another business these days that has, you know, their their workforce sticking around that long. And I know in my my business, I have turnover fairly regularly. I've had quite a bit this year, in fact. You know, for a variety of reasons, not because, you know, I'm difficult to work for. And I, I've actually worked for Nick for a while. He's very good to work for, actually. Quite the opposite. I'm, I'm pretty hands-off. But, but, that's, um, but, but given given the particular employee, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But it's just no one in the States, it seems, um, takes a job for life anymore. It's not like it was when our parents were well, in the workforce. And I think part of that, too, is just the the work environment these days. You know, it's not the same as when, you know, getting to your point, it's not the same as when our parents were in the workforce because um, you don't have companies offering pension plans. You don't have companies offering health care after retirement and everything like that. You know, one thing I, I've heard Nick Perdomo say is that for his employees, if you've put in 20 years of service, he'll pay you for the rest of, the, of your life. Wow. So, you know, if you retire after 20 years of, of working for him, you're essentially getting a pension and that's unheard of these days unless you're working for the government and without getting into Don't too, too get tall of, too tall of weeds that's killing all of our states i mean illinois the reason we're so underwater is because of the pension system in the state and how underfunded and un, basically unmanageable it is at this point but it's a behemoth and we, like I said, we won't get into that. But oh, can we? No, let's not. We're having a fun time, and I'd prefer to not start ragging on the state. Mr. Perdomo line. did talk about the government a little bit and the overregulation. He did, and you know, and that's and something. I applaud him for talking. About I agree, that. and it's something that I, you know, I wish that the president would. And I realize that the president has significantly higher concerns 
than um, than the cigar industry. But in all fairness, he's the president of the United States. The FDA is underneath, you know, the the, the authority of the federal government and, and and the president of the United States. And I kind of wish that maybe he'd come in and say, you know, hey, instead of over-regulating, let's start figuring out ways to cut some regulations. Trump, and, and Trump's too else. busy using a Sharpie to make weather maps. <laughs> oh, Jeff. Oh, <laughs> why'd you have to go and get political? I, I, I'm a conservative. I know, I know. But who draws a weather map with a Sharpie? Somebody who just is pretty confident that that's going to be the weather forever. <laughs> so, anyway, I don't even know what you're talking about, but I'll I'll leave it at that. I don't want any explanation. I'll I'm sure I'll find out later. So. I'm I'm showing Nick the explanation. All right, yeah, that I guess that did happen, didn't it? <laughs> it appears to have happened. Yes. I mean, I've done a lot of things in my life, but I've never drawn a weather map with a sharpie. Speaking of weather. Uh, our folks down in Florida have been, for the most part, spared Thank heavens. the wrath of the hurricane. I know that it's the Bahamas. The Bahamas, are a on the story. other hand, and we we our we our hearts and thoughts really do go out to the folks in the Bahamas because I mean there's some tragic stories going on down there right now. I saw a picture, and and if it's real, and you can't believe hardly anything on the internet anymore, but the picture actually appears. They're like half the island was underwater. Mm-hmm. It was a before and after picture. And it's just, uh, the amount of devastation there is just unfathomable. Well, and, and I had heard, and again, I'm taking this, you know, second hand, so I could be wrong, but that the first confirmed death was a seven-year-old uh, oh. child. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's horrible. It just it's, breaks your heart. It really does. And, uh, you know, I would emphasize to anybody that if you can... Spare a few bucks or, or do something for, for some humanitarian efforts for the Bahamas. It would be greatly appreciated because those folks, they need help. So, Amen. Well, Nick, this has been incredible. I've had a good time. This it, is, it, this, it, I mean, it's kind of a light on the wackiness episode for us, but that's, what, that's okay. What, what we about went, my, my we went, mental tour of St. Louis? Well, yeah, that's true. We went... <laughs> Pretty wacky in the last episode where we pretty much just somewhat off the rails consistently. I don't think we we didn't even start on the rails. No, it was it was a hodgepodge. The last one was hey, we don't want to be burning a my father cigar when we're talking to Nick Perdomo. So let's try and get this episode done so that we can. uh, I will say, with this podcast and experiencing the cigars that we've done, I've really enjoyed this because. I've stepped out of my comfort zone a little bit. I've, I've had some cigars that I wouldn't purchase if I was going into a shop, but I might now because I've tried them. Um, again, you know, I normally stick with the Lot 23 because it's a cigar I know with Perdomo, but this champagne is excellent. One thing I like to do, I like trying different stuff. I mean, I have my go-tos. I have the ones that I'm always scared I'm going to waste 10 bucks on a stick I don't like, and I'm going to be kicking myself. Well, see, and maybe that's my problem is maybe I'm just not as good with money as you are, but... Uh, uh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I, I'm just You know, a it's one of those things that I look at it, and I'm like, I want to try that. And so, you know, I, I go for it. I look at it, I think I want to try it, then I put it back and I grab a cigar I know. I also read quite a bit, so it's one of those things where if you, I'm, if I'm you reading... You educate yourself on the cigars much more than I do. I try and find things that sound good and then search them out, which admittedly in St. Louis is kind of difficult. We have some really good shops here and we have some shops that I'm sure if I went in and said, Hey, this is what I want. Can you get it? 
I'm sure they would at least make a valiant effort to try and quite probably actually get it. But my problem is I'm not interested in a box per se because I don't know if I'm going to like it. So I don't want to spend so much on a box. I just want to be able to come in, try one, and if I like it, then maybe I can pursue it further. The problem is that in in the St. Louis market, it seems like a lot of our shops are rather, uh, rather conservative with their purchasing in that you know they get what what sells they get and and no no Makes no disrespect sense, to yeah. them i mean you know as a retailer you want to buy, be buying what sells but we don't have anybody that really seems to branch out to terribly far and really throw something against the wall to see if it sticks and i would i would be interested in in some of that just because like i said i want to i want to branch out i want to try something more and something different but so so sometimes, yeah, I just kind of have to stay within the, 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 the lines. The thing I like about what we're doing with this podcast for the listeners is, you know, we're branching out, we're smoking different cigars, we're letting people know what cigars are coming up, mm-hmm. um, and they can smoke along with us. So I'm hoping that it actually helps some other folks branch out and maybe find a stick that they didn't realize was going to be, you know, their go-to. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, you know, you had the Superfly. And the Superfly is definitely not a cigar you would go in and just say, I want to try that. I would never pick you that would cigar up never, and, and buy it. Never. And you tried it. And admittedly, it's not your exact cup of tea, but you didn't hate it. No, not at all. Exactly. I haven't hated one of the cigars we've tried so far. Yeah. So Even that piece of beef jerky we tried smoking second I actually, I, I actually finished off those Toscanos. Did you really? I did. That's I had, awesome. I had them in my glove box after that episode, and um, I was hanging with a friend of mine, and um, I was smoking. Ironically enough, I was smoking. You have one another of the, friend? I do have another friend. Oh, my only other friend, but I do have another friend. Oh, um, well, now I'm, I'm. I don't. For some reason, that rocked me. I'm sorry. I thought I was your friend. You are my friend. I'm, I'm a friend. I'm, I'm one. One of, of two. Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. <laughs> I mean. We're talking about... Uh, I have a very small social circle. Jeff. Talking about John Boy? Yeah, we're talking about John Boy. Our so, friend John that was supposed to be on the last week's podcast. Supposed to be on the last one. And was too good to show up. But uh, I was actually smoking one of these uh, Perdomos, and he was on a limited time schedule, and so he said, you know, do you have anything small? And I tend to not have Robustos. It's no. just, it's not... You can get him a Lancero. That is not... Yeah, I, I have one in my humidor you at do. the office that was given to me at an event, and I have not... We're holding on to that for when Delicia joins us on the podcast. Oh, there you go. Yes, okay. Delicia, by the way, if yeah. you're listening, please She'll reach out. come down to Waterloo and sit on the deck. We'll, oh, would that not be We'll get out outstanding. the can of off so she can present or prevent the mosquito bites, and it'll be great. They nearly carried Nick off earlier today. They keep doing Oh, my God, guys. I don't know what got me the other day, but I think one got in my shirt and my back. I just, I, I'm just riddled with bites along my back. It's, I'm like a bear rubbing up on any surface I can get to at this point <laughs> to scratch my back. It's, it's embarrassing. Cow on but, a post. But, no, so it's one of those things where, yeah, we've, we've tried a lot of different cigars, Um Obviously, many, many more to go because I bought that giant bag of cigars to get us through uh, quite a few episodes in the beginning. We still have quite a few of those to go. But, and speaking I was of just, quite a few cigars I to go. I was going to say. Folks, do we have a treat for you coming up? We are not going to announce a cigar that we're going to be smoking in the next episode right now. Nope. 
And the reason for that is because Jeff and I are recording this on Wednesday evening. Uh, this episode's going to go live on Friday morning. And by Friday morning, Jeff and I are piling into the car and we are driving four Road hours to trip. the west to attend the Kansas City Cigar Festival. I can't wait. I can't wait either. We got VIP tickets, which entitles us both to 40 cigars each. And we, it's a two day, for us, it's a two day event, you know, Friday evening. It's a VIP dinner, a barbecue dinner with the cigar manufacturers and reps that are going to be there. Um, they only sold so many of these VIP tickets. I think they only sold maybe like 75 at most. So um, it's going to be a small crowd. And then Saturday, we can go, I think, half an hour early, so we can get there by 10.30. goes until 3, and there's going to be tons of cigar manufacturers. I think they said that they have 19, 19 vendors uh, between cigar companies and Zycar. And um, additionally, they're going to have liquor samplings, food, just all kinds of great stuff. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. It, it was Nick's idea, and I'm so glad that he chose to take me with him. I'm very excited about this. Well, I wanted to try and find one of these, and I had briefly looked at the uh, Rocky Mountain uh, Cigar We also Festival. looked at Memphis. We did look at Memphis. Yep. Memphis had a little one-day thing uh, last weekend. We, we looked at a couple of them, but for some reason, Kansas City just kept standing out in my mind. I love Kansas City. I don't know if you've ever been, to. Oh, uh, absolutely. I, I love it's it. a fantastic city, and I mean... I evidently was uh, hired by the Kansas City Tourism Bureau, but they've got a lot of cool stuff out there, and so it's the, one of those the things. The Power that, and Light District, uh, Hallmark, the, the National World War One Museum. Let me go one further. Do you know the name of the uh, riverboat that was recovered out of the field, and they have a museum for it in Kansas City? I do not. We'll 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 talk about that on the next podcast. The, we may uh, even have to go down there. Um, I'll tell you, another couple of really cool places that I went to the last time I was out of Kansas City, there's the uh, National Negro Baseball Hall of Fame. Mm. And let me tell you, folks, it's an amazing thing to look at. I'm not even a really giant baseball fan, you know. I mean, I'll go to games if I get a ticket or, you know, I'll watch if Cardinals are doing really well in the postseason or something like that. But to sit and just watch a game, for the most part, that's not really my style. But we went to the... uh, the Negro Baseball Hall of Fame, and what you don't understand is just how instrumental that league was in a lot of the rules that are in the MLB and a lot of the players that uh, made the transition and a lot of the players that should have made the transition, but by the time integration happened, you know, they just were either aging out or something. I mean, there were some really quality players that you've never heard of that are at least memorialized in Kansas City. That helped break down barriers. Totally. Yep, so. absolutely. By the way, the steamboat is called the Arabia. Okay. And it is down on uh, Grand Boulevard in Kansas City. If if you've never been to see it, it's incredible. The river actually shifted at one point. It was it, it sank. Yeah. The river shifted, silted in, covered it up. And it has been it had been farmed over for years, and they started looking for it. They retraced the old path of the river, and were able to find it. And they excavated it, and they actually have the uh, relics that they took out of the excavation in the museum. Well, there we go. It's very cool. Well, anyway, so yeah, this is brought to you by the Kansas City Cigar, or I'm um, sorry, Kansas City Tourism Bureau. Now, 
So show me state. Hey, yeah, I guess we got so. we're covered both ends. Oh, that's what it is. Missouri hired you. Exactly. Now oh, you got it. Now I get it. So anyway, so yeah, so we're gonna be out of the Kansas City Cigar Festival this weekend, and the plan is to try and um, score a few interviews with uh, any of the folks, reps, and whatnot that are out there. And, or if that just, for whatever reason, just can't happen, at the very least what's going to happen is Saturday evening, Jeff and I will go ahead and put together a uh, recap of the event, and we'll get that posted up and so you guys can listen to that. Watch for lots of pictures well. on the socials. Oh, yeah. The, the, the Instagram is going to be going nuts on Saturday, folks. Well, I should get Instagram. You really should. I keep I just, telling Jeff he should. He likes pictures. He likes taking pictures and everything. And I like Instagram a whole lot more than Facebook just due to the fact that I don't care about everyone's opinions. I just want to look at pretty pictures. <laughs> I understand that all I, day long. I've actually been off Facebook for over a month now. And How's that sitting with you? Oh, my life is just so much better. I'll tell you. It, it, I don't miss it one bit. What? Not one bit. You know, the... the Instagram uh, page, when I post something, it auto-populates for the most part to the uh, Cigar Pulpit Facebook page, so I'm not really worried about it. But other than that, I, I'm not remotely I literally got whatsoever. in a fight today with people about Spider-Man on Facebook. That's uh, a whole local thing. So Yeah, it's a thing. Anyway, but... I tried to bring a little sanity to an insane conversation. Well, there you go. So It, it didn't work. And that's part of my problem with Facebook. <laughs> but anyway. Well, guys... We, uh, I, I can't thank Nick Perdomo enough for coming on and yes. letting us do an interview today. And in addition to that, we're looking so forward to the Kansas City Cigar Festival, yes. and we're going to have a ton of information. Again, photos. So, you know, check out our social media and, uh, you know, tune in next week for the cigar pulpit. Definitely. It's going to be awesome. I hope we have not scared away Nick Perdomo too much from ever coming and doing a return visit at some point when he has a moment. So. Well, I mean, we just gushed over him for a good hour. That's true. So, you know. <laughs> Which, I mean, let's be honest, that that scares most people away we do that, too. Well, you know. Yeah. It's a thing. <laughs> well, everybody, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. Leave us a review. We love getting the reviews. And tell your friends, because the only way we can promote this show um, thanks to the PC police is through the grassroots efforts of everybody sharing and talking about how much they love this show. So please do me a favor. Don't be afraid to tell your friends that you like this stuff. Cause I mean, I, I know it can be embarrassing to admit that you like our show, but you know, it embarrasses me that I'm on it. There you go. So <laughs> anyway, with that said, I'm the Bishop of the burn, Nick, and I'd like to thank Jeff for being with me. Wouldn't oh. be anywhere else. Oh, I was waiting oh. for you to be all like, Oh, call me Gator. Oh, well, here. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. You, you so, be, you, no, no, we're just going to roll with oh, that. Oh, the moment's so. gone. Moment's gone. All right, folks. Have a good evening and stay smoky. <laughs>